2: Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson. I love it that you're here with me today, and I hope you're ready for a great weekend. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, it is an open line Friday. I am happy to have you, and I want to start the hour with some calls of people who've been waiting patiently that I hadn't had time to get to. And I want to begin with Eric calling. Welcome to the show, Eric. How are you?
3: I'm doing very well. You are the Michael Jordan of Pop Radio.
2: Oh, wow. Uh, wow. It.
3: I, I certainly, honestly do. And kudos to your call center. She's doing a great job. Thank you. So, uh, being, being fellow Christians and in Christ, I've been thinking about this for the last couple of years, but this issue with the uh, German family that kind of bubbles it up, right? So, I'm not a American history scholar, nor I'm a Bible scholar, but In the Bible it tells us pay taxes, taxes, who settlement, or whomever. Follow the authorities that I've placed above you. Now, outside of abortion, I will not follow that if my government says I have Because that's strictly against God's word. However, if the government says, Hey, look, you know, sorry, tough luck, we're telling you that you have to go. I don't think fairness. Is even an argument here? Because parable produce Jesus it's very clear: you don't decide what's fair; the authority above you does. Or well, that's how I take right? And I'm not for the German family leaving. It's just how do you reconcile what's in Scripture and them trying to say, or
2: that they should say? Oh yeah, yeah. That that that's a, a great question. Okay, um, because you're right. So the. Not only does, does Scripture, uh, in the Old and the New Testament, uh, particularly Romans, there's a whole section in Romans, mm-hmm. uh, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Um, so yeah, I mean, Scripture says we are supposed to comply with the authorities that every single leader on the planet is put there by God himself, including Joe Biden, by the way, Joe Biden, it was God's providential plan that Joe Biden be president of the United States. And Peter, the apostle tells you, you're supposed to pray for him. You're not supposed to pray against him. You are supposed to pray for him. Yeah. Do you? So Romans 13 says, you got to submit yourself to the authorities. However, in Acts chapter 5, we hear this story. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. Peter and John didn't protest to being flogged. They submitted to the punishment, but they didn't obey the governing authorities. So now in Romans, it says you've got to obey the governing authorities. And here you've got um, Peter and John refusing to obey the governing authorities who said to stop preaching. So, what? how do you rationalize the conflict between the two? Well, the rationalization comes also from stories of the Old Testament. Uh, And that is that you have to obey the governing authorities as a Christian. However, if the thing the governing authorities demand that you do violates God's law, then you don't obey them. So, for example, uh, pagan pagan sacrifices in the Roman Empire. Uh, God says no idol worship. Uh, The Romans said sacrifice to the gods or die. Christians went to their deaths refusing to honor what the emperor commanded because of the second commandment. So now in this case, you have this German family who wanted to homeschool their children. In particular, they wanted to homeschool their children. It wasn't just evolution uh, that was being taught in school and, and uh, the mystical fairy tales of Germany. In their particular case in Stuttgart, uh, the local authorities were very insistent that the uh, education not just teach these things, but also belittle and condemn Uh, Christian teachings on creation. So the family believed in their deeply held religious beliefs that it wasn't just that their kids were being educated about evolution. It was that their kids were also being educated that what the Bible says isn't true. And they found that convictionally to be a violation of scripture. And so they decided um, they didn't want to comply. When the government made them comply, it's not that they refused to comply is that they decided to leave and go elsewhere where they would not have to comply. So they didn't stay and say we're not going to do it and have the authorities take their kids away. They packed up and and they sought amnesty in the United States to be able to practice their religion as so fit. So you've got a nuanced situation there as well, um, that in this country we allow people to come to this country and seek asylum because of religious persecution. Now, the federal courts said this isn't religious persecution because the Germans treat every German this way, not just the Christians. And then the Bush administration said, actually, we're going to let you stay. Uh, so that's that's the nuance there. I hope that makes sense that, yeah, the, the general rule of thumb, for particularly for Christians, is you got to comply with the law. Even if you don't like the law, you got to comply with the law. But if the law forces you to go against your religious convictions, then you can't. Um And and you got you actually have to I mean render under Caesar what is Caesar's and under God uh, under God what is God's and sometimes you got to make that decision. Very rarely in this country are we forced into these positions. Occasionally you are, like for example, the the Hobby Lobby case, um, abortion uh, Christians believe is a sin, and the Obama administration tried to make Little Sisters of the Poor and the Hobby Lobby family pay for abortions. And what their what their argument, the Obama administration's argument was, is that um, we're not making you perform the abortions. And the Little Sisters of the Poor and Hobby Lobby and the Conestoga Wagon family were like, "Ah, uh, you're making us pay for the abortion." And the Obama administration says, "Well, that's not the abortion; that's just the money for it." And they said, "No," and went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, "You don't have to do that. Religious convictions." Um, so you got to be careful how you nuance this and and, in in my experience there are a whole lot of people who want to read it really broadly because they don't want to comply they want to read it as broadly as possible because they just there's a law they don't like they don't want to comply so they say well it's against my religious convictions it's not really they're just don't want to comply with the law you got to be careful in how you read it in this particular case though it's not that they refused to comply with the law. It's that they decided to move somewhere where we, they would not have to comply with the law, and the Bush administration ultimately told them, okay, stay, and now the Biden administration say, no, no, you got to go home, um, even though now they've got kids who are American citizens. 877-973-7425. Bob, you're up next. Welcome. Hey,
4: Eric. How you doing? Good. What's going on? Well, I listened to your comment about the steroids for the steals uh huh. And, well, my point is, other countries, China, Russia, North Korea, their special forces probably are dosed up fully. And I think that for the sake of equity, we should all be on an equal playing field, and therefore we should allow
2: our special forces to use them if they so desire. I don't disagree with you. Uh, I, I really don't disagree with you at all. Um, I'm actually kind of aggravated by the decision. Listen, I'm I'm not an advocate of steroids. They they cause all sorts of problems. Uh, but right. you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna like join the seals and take a bullet for your country, I'm okay with you taking steroids if it gives you an advantage to try to dodge the bullets and kill the bad guys first. I I I personally think this is such a nonsense school decision. Have you? I mean, do, do we recall the East Germans back in the day when that was a country? I mean, the women had deeper voices than the men in the military.
4: Yes. Yes. And they're not and they don't have to require them. They're not going to require them to take them like they do in other countries. Right. But they give them the choice. And that's the whole difference. It's a matter of freedom of
3: choice.
2: Yeah. Yep. I I completely I'm completely agree with you in that regard. It's it's just if. If they think it gives them an added a strength advantage, building muscle, what have you, for the general population, y'all, steroids, they're not good. You're, you're probably going to get cancer, you're, you're going to have problems. Uh, you may not be able to conceive. They may cause you sterilization issues. You get blood clot issues, all that sort of stuff. But um, yep. If 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 you're wow, um, a buddy of mine is texting me while we're talking, Bob, and says, "Why don't we just let the trans men use the steroids?" <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I look. Yeah. I just if you want to put on extra muscle when you're when you're going to be a marine or a or, or a seal, um. You, you, you do whatever you need to do to get yourself an advantage to kill the bad guys, and I think we should all be okay with that. One one twenty something trying for the SEALs. He tragically died. He had steroids in his system, and the Biden administration is like, well, we're going to shut it down for all of you now. Um, oof. Okay. Uh, you, and you're already complaining about recruitment levels. That's a problem. Robert, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. What's going on?
4: Well, uh, I think she told you the intro with the immigration policies being unfair for us, you know, American citizens trying to get our family members over here legally. Mm -hmm. um, I short, short background. I came over here in December of 2020. I came back home. I live in the Philippines, been married, just celebrated my 13th wedding anniversary. Um, my dad had had a stroke and we really had the choice of either putting him in a nursing home or somebody needed to take care of him. Well, I dropped everything left my wife and son in the Philippines came over here and I'm taking care of my father full-time. He needs full-time care. Mm -hmm. Um, so about a, you know, almost a year into being here, I started looking at, we're going to need to get them over here. My wife and son, um, Instead of me going back there because it was obvious dad was never going to get better enough to get get him to the Philippines um, and to live with us. So I've been on the immigration list now for since December of 22. Um, the case at USCIS today still says it's another nine months before they even make a decision on whether they're to, going to grant it. Um... I had to file, because I have no income, I'm 24 hours a day caregiver with my father, my income falls down below what would be the required amount to sponsor my wife and my son. So I had to get family members to sign documents saying that they would make sure that they didn't use any government services, no food stamps, no Medicaid, anything like that that's from the government for three years. Um and they would be liable for it if they did Mm -hmm. uh they had to have an income requirement but yet these people coming across the southern border they're giving them medical care they're giving them this um you know it it's just another way the biden administration is just not fair
2: right yeah, uh, it, it is. It, that's that's. It's a very simple, plain, and perfect way to say it, uh, Robert. That the Biden administration is not being fair. They are prioritizing the care and comfort of illegal aliens who are willfully defying American law, and making it exceedingly difficult for uh, Americans, uh, citizens who have are married to kin to uh, people from abroad to get those people here. It seems absurd that the Biden administration values uh, the care and comfort of lawbreakers more than those who wish to do it legally. We have all sorts of problems in this country with the immigration system, and Congress, frankly, has to act to fix it. But the Biden administration could alleviate the situation on their own, and they have chosen not to. And it is their failure to make a conscious decision to not do what they should do to improve the situation overall. It really is on them. They could make a conscious choice to prioritize families of people who are either American citizens with uh, married to immigrants abroad or to family uh, who are here and, and have ties to this country. They just they, – they don't want to do it. They'd prefer a convoluted mess to try to force compromise in Congress as opposed to just doing what they could – to improve the lives of people in this country.
0: You can follow Eric around on social media at E.W. Erickson on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And check him out at ewerickson.com. Wanna be on the show? Come on, be on the show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425.
2: Yes, you can. Glad to have you. The full number, as the voice said, eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. So it looks like it looks like we're headed towards a government shutdown, and that it would potentially run through um, October thirteenth. The reason they want to run it, uh, and um, get it re-going by October 13th is military pay. Um, the pay, pay schedule for the military, Would they want to make sure that it happens. Uh, it looks like uh, the funding plan right now, there's 48 hours to go before a shutdown, and a group of Republicans and Democrats together joined in killing the legislation. Um, the procedural vote to advance the bill f- uh, passed, but then the final passage failed, 198 to 232. Twenty-one Republicans voted against it. Uh, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Nancy Mace, among others. Um, that's a pretty sizable number of the conservatives who have rejected this latest deal. Uh, Congressman Chip Roy just said, I'll be voting for legislation momentarily that cuts the non-defense, non-veterans, non-DHS, federal bureaucracy 30% to 2019 levels for 30 days while we continue appropriations and attaches H.R. to the single strongest border measure we've ever seen. Uh, If I were the Republicans, I would be following Chip Roy's lead. Chip Roy, good dude, um, good conservative, principled guy. And if he's for it, I'm for it, whatever it is, um, because he's that good. You can trust him. He's not a grifter. He's a, a true believer in the conservative movement. Um, so hopefully they'll come up with something, but it looks like the government's probably going to shut down. By the time we're back here on Monday, it'll be shut down. Well, they may be shut down, but Patriot Mobile is open for business and wants your business. If you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric today, you can move your cell phone service to them. You can get a new number for them, from them. You can keep your existing number if you want it. You can roll over your existing cell phone number to your new Patriot Mobile account. All you do is go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or you call them 972-PATRIOT. If you call them at 972-PATRIOT, tell them I sent you you get free activation. Here's what sets them apart. The company was founded to be a Christian conservative company. They fund the conservative causes you care about. Second Amendment, the pro-life movement, conservative candidates around the country, particularly those parents targeting woke school boards, they fund that uh, with their profits. As you bring your business to them, their profits grow, and then their giving to the conservative causes you care about grow. Exchange, you get guaranteed great service using the same cell towers you're probably already using. All you do is go to PatriotMobile.com Eric or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you to get free activation. Do business with a company that shares your values. PatriotMobile.com Eric.
0: You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show.
2: Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Real quick, I want to play you this audio. Forensic Accountant was on CNN. On CNN. Listen to this. Hunter Biden was
0: receiving a million dollars a year to be on the board of Burisma with no expertise, no known expertise uh, for an oil company. I just went and looked at the same year, 2015, for ExxonMobil. Their average compensation for their directors, their independent directors, was about $350,000 a year. So you have to ask yourself almost two and a half times the rate, what is Burisma paying uh, Hunter Biden for and, and why? And what's being given in exchange for that? Was it just the illusion of access to Washington, as as as, that's the story now? Or was there something more? Again, the American people deserve the truth, and and we need to find that
2: out. Yeah, that's a whole lot of money for a guy with no expertise. And then there's this from Jake Tapper. And yet,
0: Karen, uh, polls show that Joe Biden is really underwater uh, when it comes to approval on the economy, approval on uh, immigration and the border when it comes to approval in almost every uh, realm. I mean, he's really facing, I think it's some of the worst polling for an incumbent president since Jimmy Carter. Um, Do you think this is going to be enough?
1: Absolutely, because the other group that really cares about this is young voters, actually. They care very deeply. And people are still concerned about democracy. They understand that a weak democracy is bad for the economy. It is bad for their own pocketbooks. I think the other thing, though, I want to point out that the president was trying to do, again, is, you know, he was talking about that MAGA theme, right? And sort of, again, as we saw in 2022, kind of separating out that there's an extremist part of the Republican Party and there are moderate Republicans, particularly in places like Arizona, independents, who did vote for him last time, who are still very concerned about our democracy. I would argue, obviously, on on some of the polling, I think it's been a little bit all over the place. I think the state-by-state polls show a slightly different picture than some of the national polls. But I also think the other part of the speech is to get Democratic voters, start to get us revved up. Because the, the base. The base, because quite frankly, most Democrats aren't really paying that close attention because we don't have to. We don't have a contested primary. And so until it really is a head-to-head, I think this polls are going to continue.
2: Uh, that's good spin. It is a good spin. But I don't know that that's going to, to work. Um, if the economy continues to turn south, which, you know, economists went through this thing of, hey, look, it looks like we're going to get through it without a recession. You know, they're starting to think, ah, we're probably going to get a recession. You know, government shutdown is probably going to get blamed, even though that's not really to blame. But that's the best spin the Democrats can come up with. That You know, young voters care about democracy. Do they really? I mean, young voters think that people they disagree with should be forcibly silenced by the government. They don't, they're little authoritarians, these little progressives coming up out of college these days. Speaking of young people, I I, I want to I talk about something that I, I meant to talk about the other day and just we ran out the clock. Did you guys see the video footage of the crime wave in Philadelphia, the, the massive thefts? A number of stores, including Apple, uh, were, were looted by a gang. The police got in a fight with them, uh, arrested a bunch of people. It was live streamed on the Internet. An organized group over several days using social media encouraged the mass looting of a number of stores. I think Nike, Apple, and several others were involved in Philadelphia. Complete breakdown of law and order. In San Francisco, heck, in some places in New York, I I had to go up to New York, what, last July, I think it was, and and had to run into a CVS because I I thought I had toothpaste and I was out. And it was behind lock and key. The toothpaste was behind lock and key. In San Francisco, it's even worse. It's all behind Lock and Key. It's, it's it's terrible. And so many on the left deny that it's about a crime wave. It's like uh, Elena Presley was on with, with Jake Tapper the other day on CNN. I meant to play the audio and I forgot at the time that she uh, refused to acknowledge the border's insecure. She said nobody's crossing the border. She she wouldn't acknowledge it. She just lied, flat out lied, said the border was secure and, and these illegals are not crossing the border. Just a flat out lie. Tapper called her out on it. She was absolutely indignant that he would call her out on it and insisted the border was secure. He's like, no, the hell it's not. Um, it's kind of it was kind of a funny exchange. He was like, very much, are you nuts? Have you not seen it? She was in denial. The willingness of so many people to lie, and, and you know that they, they always the left says, Well, it's Trump. It's Trump it's Trump. No, 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 these, these are Democrats who are willing to lie claiming that the border is secure. The, you've got Democrats who are willing to lie and say Walgreens and Walmart and CVS and Target, they're fleeing San Francisco because the greedy corporations. No, they're fleeing because they're getting robbed. It's the law and order aspect of it all that bothers me. A society cannot really thrive when the people themselves are not moral. This is not a this this is not a, a moment of theology here. This is just a very basic point that our system of government is designed for a people who respect the rule of law. And when you don't respect the rule of law, even the laws you disagree with, society begins to break down. There's this wave of George Soros funded prosecutor around the country on the left, who have decided we're not going to enforce the laws we disagree with. Whether it's on abortion policy or gun crimes or you name it, they say we're not going to enforce this law. We think it's discriminatory in some fashion. Therefore, we will ignore it. Well, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If they begin to ignore the law, the prosecutors, other people, will begin to ignore the law. I mentioned the other day that, that I saw a guy leaving my neighborhood. The light was red, and he ran the red light. He knew he could get away with it the way the light pattern is, but I was in Atlanta. Uh, I, I've spent time in the city the last three days. I've been staying at a hotel. The amount of lawlessness I've seen, in, in, in and I realize traffic violations are the kind of minor parts of it, but it can be very deadly. And, and I saw some very near misses in the last two days of, of drivers just flat out ignoring basic traffic safety, and the basic rule of law. Our society depends on people with character to comply with the law, even when they disagree with it. So where I live, uh, I live in middle Georgia. And there's an interstate, in fact, I'm looking out my window and I can see it right now. There's an interstate, I-16. I-16 runs from Macon, Georgia, where I am. All the way to Savannah, Georgia, the coast It dead ends at the Savannah River. It is fairly straight, fairly flat. I personally think the state legislature in Georgia should raise the speed limit on it from 70 to maybe 100. Get rid of the speed limit altogether. Turn it into an Audubon. It's just, a, I mean, it's Speed Trap City. There's a county, Lawrence County. I'm, I'm Some of you are listening to me right now on the radio in Lawrence County. I'm on the local radio station there. And Lawrence County, Dublin, Georgia, is a speed trap. Uh, You go through Dublin, it's like there are different – every state has them. You go through certain cities or towns, and you know i got to slow down. Forsyth, Georgia, has a police training facility, and they run radar training on the interstate there. And and you know, I've known ever since I moved to Georgia in the 90s, that when you hit Forsyth, Georgia, not Forsyth County, but Forsyth, the city of Georgia – Monroe County, you slow the heck down because they are running radar and they are going to pull you over. And they love police chases. My gosh, that county. The police in that county engage in more speed chases per capita than any other county I've read. They love police chases. So you better slow down. You're going to get chased by the police and they're going to give you a ticket. And in Dublin, they're 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 gonna pull you over and give you a ticket. Now Georgia has a, a quirky law that if you're over if you're in a forty-five mile or a forty mile or higher zone, you can go up to ten miles over the speed limit, and they can't use radar or speed detection devices to pull you over, except for the state police. They can, but they they don't get bonuses for tickets, so they generally don't. But local and county police If you're within 10 miles of speed limit, they can't use a radar or laser gun to detect your speed and pull you over. Now, they can be on the highway going exactly 70 miles an hour. You go 71, they know your speed and they pull you over, but they can't use the speed detection devices. And they did this years ago because so many local uh, counties and cities in the state were using uh, tickets as revenue generators not to enforce the law. Say all that to say that I, I-16 sucks, um, and I would, like, do hundreds of miles an hour if I could, but I try to respect the speed limit and don't go more than 10 miles over, over the limit, which the law allows me to do. But I'll, I'll be on that interstate and people going over 100. The number of people who get killed every year because they're just – they're going so much faster than everyone else. It's one thing if everyone went fast, but these people go so much faster than everyone else who's trying to comply with the law – you can get killed in traffic. There are my point and I don't mean to ramble on this is we have a growing problem in this country with people who've decided to disrespect the law, to ignore the law. They don't like the law, they don't think the law is just and so they don't keep the law. Crime is up. I was I had people at the studio yesterday at my flagship station did a turtle event and some of them were telling me that there are parts of Atlanta now good parts of Atlanta with million dollar homes where if you're the landscaper, and your landscaping equipment is not bolted to the vehicle, when you go cut the grass and come back, every piece of equipment on your landscaping truck is going to be gone. Theft is out of control. Property theft is out of control. There's no respect for the law. You see the situation in Philadelphia where they organized a mob to go in and steal from these these places? There is no respect for the law. A country cannot survive when its citizenry does not respect the law, including the laws they don't like. And we are increasingly in this country becoming a country in civic collapse because the people themselves in spiritual decline no longer respect the law. It was one of the unique things for um, early Christian society to have it put into Scripture by the apostles that you got to honor the emperor, pray for the emperor, and obey the law. Because a lot of the other pagan religions— said that they were apart from the Roman law. And so here comes this new religion saying, no, no, unless it violates God's law, you've got to respect the law of the emperor. Otherwise, it's a sin. We've got to do that. But when we detach ourselves from society and from moral understanding, our entire society collapses around the weight of lawbreakers who don't respect the law. It begins in very small ways, like this stoplight doesn't need to be here. I'm going to run it. And then you decide you don't have to obey the next traffic law. And then you don't have to obey the property laws. And then you don't have to obey the laws of the person. And society begins to turn in on itself. You either respect the law and enforce the law, even if you don't like it, or you can't allow others – you can't allow yourself to pick and choose and not expect others to do it. And unfortunately, we've elected a lot of people. It's not just Democrats, but it's primarily these progressive prosecutors who have decided they're going to pick and choose the laws that they respect and they're going to ignore the ones they don't. Well, that opens the door for everyone else to. It's not a coincidence that where we see these massive mobs of law breaking in cities, it tends to be in cities – That are being presided over by district attorneys that themselves have decided that they're going to pick and choose which laws they want to enforce and which laws they are not going to enforce. You either respect the law or don't expect anyone else to respect the law. And when no one respects the law, our society is not built to sustain a people who disrespect the law. So we either need to turn this around or expect societal collapse. Americans for Prosperity is fighting against that collapse economically and socially. They're they're fighting against Bidenomics. They're fighting against these progressive prosecutors who won't enforce the law. Uh, they're trying to educate Americans on why it's bad and how they can fight back. And I hope you might consider joining them. All you do is go to org slash Eric today. org slash E-R-I-C-K. You go sign up with Americans for Prosperity. They've got activists in over 36 states. They've got over 4 million people. They learn how to knock on doors to educate voters and neighbors. They learn how to go to state legislatures and make the case for deregulation, for fighting back against Bidenomics, uh, and what's what's good and what's bad in Washington. They keep you informed and educated so you can inform and educate everyone else. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Sign up with them today. Be part of a great movement to fight back against big government in favor of free markets and free people.
0: You can follow Eric around on social media at EW Erickson on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and
2: Instagram. And check him out at EWErickson.com.
0: Join Eric's army of activists. Text "army" to three three seven 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 now. Uh, y'all, I
2: got <laughs> the Babylon Bee. Just, they just, they're priceless. The Babylon Bee uh, has a headline now: um, Senator Feinstein' death not expected to affect reelection campaign. Senator Dianne Feinstein has passed away at 90 years old in the wake of the tragic news. Her estate confirmed to reporters that her death will in no way affect her re-election campaign. Make no mistake, Senator Feinstein will continue to serve in the Senate and will be proudly running for another term next year, said Tad Binkelstein, a spokesman for her upcoming campaign. We need to move past this old idea that one's death should preclude one from serving their country. Campaign surrogates assured voters that a vote for the California senator would ensure a continuation of Feinstein's reliable left-wing voting record. There's no candidate more suited to represent a dead state and a dead republic than a dead senator, said Binkelstein. Early polling indicated a 6% increase in her favorability rating in the wake of her death. (laughs) Well done. Is that too soon? Is it too soon? Some people, you know, I, I... my sense of humor is is the dark sense of humor. Um, it really is, and and I realize that there are studies out that say that people with dark senses of humor get get um, dementia, but I don't believe that's true. And if it is, I forgot it. But I just I I. It's like my son. My son has just a a dark sense of humor. Um, there is there is no joke that is too soon. Either. But you know, I mean. God bless her service in all seriousness. I disagreed with her greatly on so many things, but God bless her service. She believed. Uh, she believed in a cause and she fought for it. And while I can disagree with her and her cause, I at least respect people who have principles and beliefs and fight for them. There are a lot of people who stick their finger in the wind and decide which way to go. I think the Speaker of the House is that way. Diane Feinstein was not. She knew what she believed and she fought for it. And over time... She didn't moderate her positions to some degree. She was not a centrist, like the Associated Press says. She was she is a progressive. What's ironic, though, is she wasn't as progressive as the progressives wanted her to be. And more and more on the progressive side of the aisle, you can't find um, progressives who aren't going to cancel themselves because they turn out not to be as progressive as the other progressives. It, it, it really is a remarkable thing. I mean I I get frustration on my side of the aisle that I actually am a conservative, uh, and I I find a lot of people have come into the movement who aren't conservatives, who they have embraced the mantle because they don't really know any better, but they're not really conservatives. They don't have conservative views, but uh, and and that's kind of frustrating to me. Like I remember when CPAC was actually a gathering of conservatives and not just a grift operation. Um, I just its it's CPAC is utterly rudderless and, and principless these days, it seems to me, which is one reason I like doing my gathering where I get to invite the people and, and invite the sponsors and ignore the ones that I don't think are conservative. But on the left, on the left, one day you're progressive and the next day you're not progressive enough. One day you're fighting homelessness and the next day you're canceled for not using the phrase unhoused. One day you're fighting for women's rights, and the next day you're canceled because not all women are women and not all men are men. It's remarkable. Look at J.K. Rowling, a progressive icon who wrote Harry Potter, who came out with this radical idea that men can't become women, and now they want to cancel her for it, despite having a mainstream biological view most people agree with. But it's, for progressives, too much of a social pariah. It's just a remarkable level of heterodoxy on the left that eats you up. Feinstein, conservative, progressive warrior who wasn't progressive enough.
0: Tax Day is coming. Oh, no.